0: Welcome to Emerge, and this is our podcast. Emerge is a place where we're all about raising champions fully devoted to Christ. We want to say thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message encourages and uplifts you. Enjoy the message. As PJ mentioned, we've been talking about living your best life living your best life. And in this series, we've just been talking about different things, different ways that we can live the life that Christ has called us to live. And we've talked about counting it all joy. We've talked about faith that works. We've talked about proclaiming with our mouths what it is that we want to see in our lives. We've talked about lifting, loving, encouraging one another. We've talked about Countless amount of things, countless amount of gems, keys have been dropped, seeds have been sown that will help us live a best, the best life, our best life, the life God called us to live. And it's been a very informative, very eye-opening series for me, and it's just been it's been amazing. Um, but to be real with y'all, living your best life is hard, all right? It can be really hard. Um, like when you look at the world or like what society wants you to, what society labels as like living your best life, I can't afford to go to brunch every Sunday. I can't, I don't got the money to do it. Um, I can't take trips every month, you know, people buying houses every day, cars every day, getting married every weekend. I, you know, Living your best life is, it's expensive, okay? And I can't, I can't keep up. So... In that sense, yes, living your best life can be hard. But then when we bring it to spiritual terms or like our walk with Christ, living your best life can be hard there too. Sometimes we face struggles, trials, temptations, doubts, anxiety, fear, weighs down on our hearts and we get into places where we're struggling, trying to live our best life and it can be really hard. And James knew that walking with Jesus His brother, he'd been with Jesus, you know, since day one. So he kind of knew that, all right, there are things that kind of can hinder us from living our best life. And that's why he wrote the book of James. That's why he wrote the book to the believers in Christ at that time, to let them know that no matter what's going on, Christ still has the best interest for us in his heart. So today we're going to talk about how we can live our best life, even when we feel like we're struggling. So can we turn our Bibles to James 5? James 5, verse 7, and we'll be talking about what I titled Bible and Chill. James 5, 7 to 12, is it up? Okay. So it says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop." patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. Next verse, please. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered, You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Dear Lord, as we begin this morning, we just want to ask that your Holy Spirit take complete control over this whole service. Father Lord my God, we ask that every word that will be spoken will be words coming from you. Father Lord, my God, less of me and more of you. And above all else, let your will be done today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bible and chill. Bible and chill. So I've been reading the book of James for quite some time now. And every time I get to chapter five, this chapter, I'm like, story of my life, story of my life, patience and struggling. Sometimes I sense patience. Sometimes I feel like my patient, like I feel patient. And sometimes I'm no, like, no, it's just straight struggling. I'm just straight struggling. Um, some of you may know I've been like studying to do my certification exams, and it's been a journey. It's been one hurdle after the other, but we thank God that I'm alive and I'm still standing. Um, the past couple of months, my routine basically has just been work, nap, study, work, nap, study, church on the weekends, and that's just been my routine, Um, but sometimes when I should be studying, when I should be studying, I go to Netflix, because I'm like, I can't, I can't kill myself, right, so I do do Netflix and chill, (laughs) but Netflix and chill myself, I don't, yeah, but Netflix and chill myself, so I, you know, I do Netflix, and the first thing I go to is horror movies, I love horror movies i love the suspense i I love the adrenaline rush i mean guys it's not real it's really not real so (laughs) i love horror movies and to make it worse for some of you guys i have to watch it at night watching it in the daytime it just kind of ruins some people understand no (laughs) it just ruins the whole you know the whole vibe of like it being a horror movie so i gotta watch it at night um (laughs) <laughs> no not spooky spiritual <laughs> but even when I watch Netflix I've been finding lately that it hasn't been like edifying me it hasn't been like filling my spirit not because it's a horror movie but it just I am just haven't been receiving the peace or the strength that I need to go back and attack my problems the purpose of me watching Netflix was to like de-stress and relax a little bit so I can go back and attack my questions that I have to study for, but all the time it just doesn't go that way. Uh, So I'm not gonna bash Netflix, this is not about bashing Netflix, but it's just about finding things that edify my spirit. Ecclesiastes 1, 9, Ecclesiastes, I never know how to say it. Ecclesiastes, I think, 1, verse 9. It says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. When James wrote this book to the believers in Christ, I believe he knew, like they were facing the same struggles we are facing today. The same anxieties, the same fears, the same questions, uncertainties, struggles. So when he wrote it, he was letting them know that, or letting us even know now that we can still persevere. There's still the other side. We can still come out on top. We might be struggling now, we might be in a season where, or a time where we just don't, we feel like things aren't working out for our good, but we can persevere. So there are a few things that we need to do while we wait. The first is to understand that there are seasons. Understand the seasons. If we go back to James 5, verse 7, James 5, verse 7 says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, play, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. Just like nature, or in life, we'll have good times, we'll have bad times. Times where we feel like, I'm living my best life, you know, flicking up on the gram, just took a trip to Mexico, I'm living my best life, like, you know. And then there are times when it's just like, this cannot be the life God called me to live. Like This just can't be. Bill collectors is calling me. I got student loans I got to pay, trying to find a job. It's just so many things that happen. So you have your good times and your bad times. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun, or under heaven. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And the... Chapter just goes on to talk about the different seasons, different times in your life, different things you're gonna face, different circumstances you're gonna encounter. And just as we expect winter, we expect spring, we expect summer and fall, we should also anticipate that there will be seasons in our lives. Seasons, the definition of seasons is that it's a shifting in the earth's position. Now because of the earth's shifting, we have these various seasons. We have winter, we have spring, we have fall, we have summer, we have cold, we have rain, we have all these different things because the earth is shifting. So as the earth is shifting to provide us these seasons or provide us this different climates in, our, in nature, so our lives have to shift in order to accommodate what God has planned for us. There's going to be a shifting in our lives to accommodate different types of stress to, do, to, to be the, in the place that God has called us to be um, shifting seasons are God's way of blessing, balancing, and maturing us. Without them, we'd be stagnant, lacking motivation to advance and to survive. Seasons are transformative. They help us become a better person. They help us be better. They help us live our best life. If we don't go through seasons, if we don't go through trials or tribulations, then we can't handle what it is that God has for us in the end. If we don't go through a shifting, if we don't go through a, uh, a, a transformation, we won't be able to be better. We won't be able to persevere. The farmer knew that. The farmer knew that when he planted his seeds, that a season would come for the land to yield its fruit to him. You can't plant a seed today and expect harvest tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. So he knew that when he planted his seeds, the season would come for him. The season would come where he would reap those seeds. So as we plant our seeds, as we're going through our various struggles or various trials and tribulations. Understand that it's temporary. You might not receive the blessing right now because you're going through it, but you will come out on the other side. You will persevere. So we need to understand the seasons that God has placed us in. understand that, okay, maybe this is a learning season, right? Just as Winter, spring, fall, summer has the seasons. There are times in our life where we need to cool down, we need to reflect, we need to rebuild, recharge. Times where blessings will just be raining down, doors will be open, prosperity is our portion. Times when it's hot, when it's chaotic, when you feel like, "Mm, I really don't know what's going on. Times when we have to fall back, we need to reflect, we need to say, okay, what is it that God wants for me to do? So we need to understand the seasons, understand what it is that Christ has for us, and look to his word to find comfort that this too shall pass. Even as we understand the seasons, the next thing we need to know how to do is we need to know when to eat. Right? We need to know <laughs> we need to know when to eat. So let's go back to James, James 5:10 to 11. It says, "Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord." As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. I love food, guys. I love good food. All right? I like to eat. All right? So when people cook and I'm like, mm, what you cooking? <laughs> but I like food. And just like we eat to nourish our bodies, to Provide strength, we also need to find ways to eat to feed our spiritual body. So remember, I talked about Netflix and how I felt like Netflix wasn't edifying my spirit. Not that Netflix is bad, but just because of the season that I'm in, I need something that's continuously filling me up. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't reading like I should be, I wasn't in the word like I should be, and I just found myself tired. Like, have you guys ever felt yourself? Tired, you just don't know why you're tired, but you're just tired in like every area of your life. You're tired mentally, you're tired physically, you're tired spiritually, you're just tired, you don't have the strength. And I was like, okay, I can't. Every time I get closer to an exam, I'd panic. Like, I'd be hyperventilating. I'd literally sit in front of questions and my body would just get hot. Like, I couldn't explain it. And I'm like, okay, I need to find peace. Netflix isn't doing it for me because. I'm trying to distract myself from these questions but i still come back to the questions more anxious because i'm like maybe i shouldn't have watched netflix i should have just been studying um but even in our times of chilling even in our times of relaxation are we finding things while we're struggling that feeds our spirit so I started listening to sermons on my way to work. I have a long drive to and from work, so I started listening to sermons. I started listening to worship songs. I started listening to things that would push me and force me to want to be in His presence, to want to read. And by reading, I would get peace. I would get strength to go back to the questions. I might not know what the answer is to the question. I ain't gonna lie. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answers. I'd just be just be going through them, but. I'm in a better place because I know his promises. I'm in a better place because my mind is just at rest. Again, I might not know what the answer is, but I know that Christ has my back. So guys, it's imperative that while we are in a struggling phase, while we are uncertain, we find ways to feed our spirit. If we don't feed our spirits, we will starve ourselves to spiritual death. It's very easy to kind of get stuck in a routine. It's time to go to church, Sunday. Time to sing. It's praise and worship. Time to do this. Like you just kind of get into a routine, but you're not really feeding your spirit, like your spirit mind. Sunday is Sunday. Sunday is good. Sunday is awesome. Sunday is magnificent. But what are you doing Monday through Saturday? What are you doing till the next time you come back into God's presence? How are you feeding your spirit? Sunday's message is good. But on Wednesday, when your boss comes into you and just speaks recklessly to you (laughs) what you holding on to right what are you holding on to so this scripture basically was talking referenced Job Job's perseverance and for those of you who don't know Job Job was an upright man Job was the man to be if you're looking like anybody to be Job Job was it he was wealthy he loved God followed God had a good family like he was just the man to follow and one day, the devil doing what he does best was like, you know, God, there's some. I want to curse somebody. I want to make somebody's life miserable. And I bet you, I bet you he's going to curse you. Whoever you choose, I bet you if I trouble their life enough, they will curse you. God's like, okay, choose Job. You can choose my man, Job. Job, he cool. He ain't going to curse me or whatever. So <laughs> Job was like, All right. God was like, okay, go to Job. And literally within days, Everything, everything was stripped from Job. Family, material things, literally almost insanity. sanity, everything was taken from Job in days. I felt an exam and I'm like, God, in that second I'm just like, "Uh uh-uh, like (laughs) you done messed up. (laughs) But literally in days Job lost your whole family, all your children, your wealth, your material things, your mind is being tested. Yet he still trusted God. Yet he still was like, You know what, God, I don't know what's going on, but I know you have my back. How can someone lose all of that? Be the wealthiest person, be the person of like highest stature, lose everything and still say, God, I still trust you. How does that happen? You're finding ways to edify your spirit, you're finding ways to feed your spirit. He might not have understood what was going on in that time, in that season, but he knew God was still God. So, why you're struggling, why you are. Going through your ups and your downs, are you feeding your spirit? Are you looking for mentors? Are you finding people to pray with you? Are you finding people to encourage you along the way? Because like I said, living your best life is not easy. It's not easy. And patience, to, to do this, patience to, to live in your suffering, it's, it's hard. Job's suffering went on for a time. For a long time, understand that patience has no time constraint. So we need to continuously feed our spirit. There, when when God when people say, oh, be patient, your time is coming. Like I said, the farmer planted. He didn't know when his the, the land will yield to him, but he knew it would happen. Patience has no time constraint. You need to continuously find ways to feed your spirit because you don't know when the season will be over. And lastly, the last thing that we need to do while we are being patient, while we are waiting in our suffering, is to have faith. Have faith. I know last week, faith, spoke on faith. (laughs) And we've talked about faith many, many times throughout the series, but faith, guys, it is so real. It is so important. Again, let's go back to James 5. I get this. This passage has just been interesting. James 5, 13 to 16. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Faith, having faith, is so real. Patience produces perseverance, but faith is that thing that that keeps you going. Like I said, patience has no time constraint. There's no limit to or time to when you need to stop being patient on when your season is going to be over. So while you're in your suffering, while you're in your, in the trenches, you need to hold on. You need something that's going to keep you grounded, something that's going to keep you solid, something that's going to keep your mind at ease. And that's faith. Faith pushes you through the journey. Faith lets you know that at the end of everything, God, I don't know what's happening, but I know that you have my back. We, We need to understand, yes, that there are seasons. We understand that there will be good times and bad times. We understand that we need to read our word, but we also need to understand that we need to have faith. Sometimes people will say, oh, you know, just pray, and God is going to God's gonna see you th- through. Or say these proclamations over your life, and God's going to see you through. But if you don't have faith to match the hope or your expectation, you're kind of just like kind of praying and speaking a myth. Like you're just praying, but you're not really you're not really believing or having hope in what it is that you receive that you want to receive from God. For me, that was my case for quite some time. I've failed my exams so many times that at a point it's just like, okay, I'm gonna pray, but is it really gonna happen, right? And you don't ever want to get to that part. You don't. You don't really ever want to get to that spot, to that position where you're, where your faith is just being questioned. So you need to have faith that even. Though I might be going through this many, 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 many times, even though this season seems like it's going on forever, there's perseverance, right? There's a testimony waiting for you on the other side. There's a testimony that someone is looking to you for to say, okay, if God can do this for this person, God can also do it for me. God never intended for us to live a life of stress or of hardship or lack or failure or So many different bad things. His purpose was to give us a life full of abundance, full of peace, full of prosperity. So the struggling that we're in is just temporary. We need to have faith that God will see us through. Faith is our anchor. It keeps us grounded. It keeps us knowing, trusting that God has our back. As I round up this morning, I don't know if I've like, oh, okay. Um, as I round up this morning, and this is the last Sunday for this series, I want you to know that God truly does desire the best for you. He really does. Like, he really wants us to live our best life. He doesn't want us to suffer like I've mentioned. He He wants us to increase. He wants us to abound. He wants us to be blessed. We've talked many times, or we've said the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, many times, and It's the truth. God knew us before we were even formed. He knows everything about us. So why would he purposefully want us to suffer? I also love Psalm 139, 13 to 16. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. The message, translation, please. Message, translation. It's okay. I'll just read it. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration, what a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life are all prepared before I even lived one day. Since Christ made us in his perfect image, since he made us to be like him, since he made us to excel, to be beautiful, he crafted literally with his hands who we should be. He genuinely wants us to live our best life. We will have periods or times where we feel like we're struggling. We will have times where we feel like this pain is going on for a really long time. And during our team huddle, PJ mentioned, I believe, First Peter 5.10, ten. First Peter 5.10. And I felt that that scripture lined tied closely to what it is that we are, that I'm talking about today. So I don't know if you have First Peter 5.10 up. Um, but basically, he's just talking about that your your troubles won't last always. You will see, you will see the other side. In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. You will persevere. You will live your best life. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those of you who give to our service. It is because of you we are able to spread the gospel and touch the souls of young adults. If you'd like to give, you can do so on our app, Emerge Champs, or go to our website, www.emergechamps.org. We pray you have a blessed week and see you next time. Bye.